What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. What's up everybody? Welcome back to Unified. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We are so glad that you joined with us on this particular episode. If you are at the church in January and you got to hear my guest speaker today speak, you got to hear a portion of Devin's testimony, and let me go ahead and introduce him before I start talking about him. This is Devin Fountain. Um, he's with us today on the show. If you, you can always go back and check out that testimony right on the church website, or you can check it out on our podcast, or wherever you, you catch your videos, YouTube, Rumble, wherever it is. And But I want to encourage you, because today he's going to be encouraging you with whatever God has given him to say. And I just want to let remind everyone out there, if you've never tuned into Unified, that the purpose of the show is to let you know that God uses real people to make a real difference in a fallen world. And our website is nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. If you want to check it out, anything on there, feel free to do so. Devin, go ahead and tell them a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the testimony. Well, my name is Devin Fountain. Um, I love God. <laughs> um, I'm from um, Blavo. I'm from actually from Portugal, Missouri. Um, I stayed in Arkansas for about ten years of my life. Um, my mother was an evangelist. Um, my father was never too much around, you know. But my mother was evangelist. Just me and my brother. Now my mom is going on to be with the Lord. Um, I have no children. I love, I love my niece and nephews though. Um, other than that. I'm just plain ordinary person. Plain ordinary Devin. Yeah. A real person making a real difference in Praise God's God. kingdom. And we know there's a big future for Devin. And uh, those of you that know him personally can testify to that. Uh, he's got a prophetic gift. Uh, um, you looking into prophetic evangelism eventually, right? Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. he'll be traveling around. So you might catch him around the world at some point. Uh, we're glad that we got to talk to him first, you know, yes, before sir. he becomes this big name, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, all right, Devin. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give the people a chance. I don't want to have to waste any time. Uh, you can start wherever you want. And for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, generally the rule of thumb here on Unified is I will just let them go. And they just start talking about their testimony. If something comes up that I got a question about, I usually just interrupt and say, okay, okay, hang on a second. Let me talk about this point <laughs> yeah. or something along those lines. So without further ado, Devin, I want you to just share wherever you feel like you need to start. Just share with the people your testimony. And like I said, I'll interrupt you if I got questions. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I want to say greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I have a very peculiar background um, in sexual morality. Um, I was though I was brought up in church. Um, the only two things that were relevant, the most two things that were relevant in my life, was church and sexual immorality. Now, actually, those are con contradictions of each other, um, such as you know, spirit, spirit in the flesh. How the flesh is enmity against the flesh, and the spirit is enmity against. How the flesh is enmity against the spirit, and the spirit is enmity against the flesh. 
So, but I, I struggled my whole life um, due to being sexually molested. Um, it was one of those things to where I didn't know it was wrong. It had been going on for so long that I really thought it was, I really thought it was right. I really thought it was the way you showed love. Until the day um, I was in this, uh, I was in the classroom, I was in my third grade class. And um, our school counselor came. I never forget her name. Never forget what she had on that day. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, but anyway, she um, she came in, and, she, and they were doing a um, uh, this. They were doing a um, guess. I guess it was sexual abuse awareness, and um, a sexual abuse awareness session for those who, for the kids, for the kids that were there. And so. Um, I remember her coming in and sharing with us how this is your space and no one is supposed to violate your space. And if anyone touches you in certain areas, then those areas are wrong. Then it is wrong for them to touch you in those areas. And I tried with all my might. I remember that day trying with all my might, Pastor Trent, to really keep a cool. Because mm. I was a real good actor growing up. Yeah, so I could act like I learned to act like everything was okay. Though I was crying and weeping inside, um, I was really, I was really messed up, and um, that's a key point too. I mean, a lot of us, and in different forms of acting, let's say, because not all of us were molested. Yeah. But I know, um, when I was young, I was a good liar. Yeah, me too. I could put on a good straight face. <laughs> me too. And I had people convinced at church that I was a Christian living one way. And at school, I'd live a whole different way. Yeah. And, I mean, I never did anything bad or anything. Like, because I was never, I never saw the point in smoking. Never saw the point in drinking. I drunk a few times, but I never got drunk. Um, and I never saw the point in that stuff. So anytime peer pressure would come to me, I'd just be like, eh, what's the point? I mean, and I talked to you about this the other night when he was riding in the car. It's like, what's the point? So when they would come to me and say, here, try this, I'd just look at them and say, why? Why? What's the point? Yeah. Why would I, in case of cigarettes, why would I... Put smoke down in my lungs. There's no point to that. Why would I do that? And so I'd just be like, no. And, you know, so I never, I was always, I guess, a standalone. I had my mind set on what I wanted and I wasn't going to do anything else. But that wasn't always a good thing. So you're not alone in the acting part. Yeah. Uh, now, you were acting for different reasons. Yeah. So go ahead and continue. I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you so much. I was I was really acting to hide my pain um, like so many people in the world do and I'm gonna try and get this to get through this without being emotional. So if you see tears falling, just know I'm alright. It's just, you know perfectly okay. Going through the process of reliving this and um recognizing I really don't have any more tears of sorrow. Um now was just looking back over my life and realizing where God has brought me from. Um so anyway, um, back to the story. Um, so this this teacher, well, this counselor, um, after she got done, well, right before she got done, I just burst in tears. And I'm talking about not just tears. I'm talking about I was literally wailing mm. because I had just found out that this person that had been doing this to me really didn't love me. Mm. 
Was this like a stepdad dinner or someone you know, relative? It was. It was. It was someone. Someone very close to me. Okay. We don't have to go details on right. who it was. But. Um. And the reason why I won't. I won't go into detail about who it was. Not because it was a relative or because it wasn't a relative or because it was a friend or it wasn't a friend. It's because. I mean, we really have to go back to covering our brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. and the people, the people that did this. I was molested by a male and by a female, and so the people that did this have went on with their life. They have, um, they have children now. They're in ministry now, so um, I wouldn't want to bring. And God is reconciling that. You know, God is still healing that. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to cause damage to that to the process that God is taking us through mm -hmm. by exposing Amen. them. One thing God told me um, when I begin, I'm actually uh, writing a book about my testimony. And um, one thing God told me, said, you tell your testimony, let them tell theirs. Hmm. And um, so that's why I won't say yeah. who did what or who it was. That's perfectly. We believe in confidentiality here. So, uh, yep. So, yes, we respect that. Awesome. So, um, go ahead. So, I'm angry now. I'm hurt. I'm shocked. Um, so long story short, I told her, I tell my counselor what happened. She said well, she's going to get me some help. Um, my mom, she sent our family services, came to our home. Um, now I was known, like Pastor Trent, I was known to be a very big liar. Mm. I mean, I would just lie for no reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, just, just to get some attention, I guess. I believe that's yeah. what it was for. But, um, my pastor, my pastor who was actually my godfather, of Superintendent D.L. Coins, the late Superintendent D.L. Coins from Church of God in Christ. He said I was a professional liar. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, and his wife said I, my life revolves around the stage. <laughs> so, I was always I was always portraying something, acting like something. But anyway, um, and that really came from being broken inside. Um, a lot of times you have children that have been, been that way, it's, it can they have to find some type of defense mechanism and so that was my defense mechanism was lying and and being and um always acting mm. so acting portraying something that I wasn't um but um so after my mom founds out um eventually my family it came it got to the point to where um I was on this side and my family was on the other side. For the most part, none of my family believed me. Mm. Um, and they say that because, you know, we, I'm, I work at the schools, so they send you through those training videos, and that is the biggest thing that keeps kids from saying anything is because they don't think anybody's going to believe them yep. when they do say what, it, and maybe the kid is known to be a liar. But we really... I mean, we need to do a better job, and that's really what these videos they train us with at schools is about. We need to do a better job of, even if it sounds like it could be a possibility, yeah. Yeah. at least do a slight investigation yeah. to find out, make sure the kid's not lying, because if they are telling the truth, then that kid is going through more, and they just feel like they're trapped, that yeah. nobody, they can't share it with anybody. And that's a big part of why kids keep stuff a secret. They teach us that in the videos. is yep. because they don't think anybody's going to believe me anyway. Yep. Or, you know, they don't want to do any because they think that the, everyone will always take the side in the case of school videos of a teacher. If a teacher is doing that, um, not that that was in this case, but they'll think that they're going to take their side and they're only going to believe them. So 
we need to do a better job of listening. So go ahead. You said none of your family really believed you, for, for, for the most part, um, I had a relative, um, a female relative. She was beginning to believe me. And it was partly in due to because I believe people knew I was a big liar. Mm. And I had lied about things in the past. Yeah. Not to that extent, but just inconsequential. They're just lying just to be lying. Mm -hmm. My mom asked me, did I do this? And I say, no. Mm -hmm. I, I just come on home and make up a story yeah. about about something happened at school. Yeah. And I was lying. Yeah. Um. So my my people knew to hardly believe everything, anything I would say. So um, that, I think that was, that was partly it. But I think the most thing about the most the most thing that that really had them not believing was just denial. Mm. Um, I think it was something they didn't want to face. Yeah. Um, especially in the black community, we have a tendency to um, to hide things like that up under the rug. Um, don't talk about it, you know. So, but um. I want to pause right there. I want to encourage somebody that may be watching this. If you have a child that you suspect or you wonder or you uh, think, because my, the reason why I'm saying this is because my mom had my mom had gotten clues that my mom had almost caught us one time. Come, almost caught this guy uh, messing with me, and uh, she uh, she didn't go. She didn't. She didn't deal with it. She she heard the conversation. Mm -hmm. But she didn't deal with it. And so I think for her, um, because she had went through so much, yeah. I, th I think it was I think it was better psychologically and emotionally for her if she didn't deal with it. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, because she had went through so much, she was on kidney failure. And that's not making excuses. That's just bringing, sharing things to light on why people don't deal with certain things. Um, and fear. Um, fear is, fear has to do a lot with that, but, um, anyway, um, so my, my mom really didn't deal with it. So if you have a child or something that you suspect is being met, you suspect is being mishandled by an adult or by a child, um, an older child or a younger child, then, and they have, or they have come to you and told you this, then you, the first thing you should do, in my opinion, is to believe them. Yeah. Um, um, give them an opportunity to tell their story. Listen. That's the most important thing. Listen. And um, console. Console because that child is going through a numbing pain that is really unimaginable. Yeah. Um, and he, may not, he or she may not understand it. May not even understand that pain that they're going through. So, fast forward to 2000, I'll say around 2001, 2002, my mom passes away. Um, we had just moved back from Arkansas, back to Missouri. Like I said, I'm originally from Portugal, Missouri. Boot Hill. <laughs> so, uh, give a shout out to those you. Yeah, shout out to the Boot Hill. <laughs> um, but um, I um, 
I was 17, we moved back to Missouri. My whole life I had played church. Um, there were a couple times where I really tried to live safe, which had to live a Christian life, but it was I was always like I was always at school. I was shouting dance at church and I like I was speaking in tongue and falling all out dancing, you know, <laughs> Pentecostal church. But at school in that home, I was the devil. <laughs> I was the devil, man. I was I was the devil reincarnated. Yeah. But I was I was horrible. But um anyway, um I had my I had my good quality suit, but so he was a church actor. A church actor. You could go to church. You could act the part. You had a lot of those out there in the world. Yes, sir. You can play church, and you can come to church, and you can even throw out some what seems to be tongues and make yeah. some noises and yeah. run around and hoop and holler when the praise and worship's going on. Amen, the pastor. And then at home, you're living like hell. Yep. And it's really because you've never actually had that relationship that you yep. thought you had with God. So we need to make that clear it's not about going to church. It's yeah. not about what we see from you at church. It's yeah. about, because you can fool me as a pastor or your yeah. pastor. You can fool everyone else in the church. But the one person you're not fooling is God. Amen. He knows your heart. He knows your inside. He sees you. He's always present. He's omnipresent. So he's everywhere at the same time. So when you're in your deepest, darkest area doing your darkest thing, he's still there. He's watching. Sure. He sees things. So you need to understand that. That no matter what you do at church, God is always watching. And I'm glad you brought that up because we got too many people playing church. Yes, sir. And then they get outside of church and they do the other thing. But go ahead. You're yep. you 17, you said. You moved back. You played church well. Uh, this this now this is before I turned 17 when I was okay. playing church. Okay. I was playing church well. But when I when we moved back to Arkansas, we, went, we moved back to Missouri. We had a different church and people weren't um, holding my past against me. I was able to really move forward, begin to move forward. Um, I still I struggle with pedophilia. I start um, molesting children, younger children than me. I guess I'm about the age of eight years old, I believe. Mm. Um, knew I was, I knew, I didn't know it was wrong. <coughs> I knew something was, um, something wasn't right. <coughs> Excuse me. It felt weird. But nonetheless, I um I began to molest children at about the age of eight years old. Um, <coughs> but um after that, um after I turned seventeen, um I really tried, like I said, really tried to be, begin to live a Christian life, and um. I accepted my calling to ministry at the age of 18. I remember the first time someone told me I was a prophet. I was really shocked. Mm. Um, but God had already begun to use me in the prophetic. Yeah. I didn't know what I was and I was just saying what I was seeing and what I was hearing. Yeah. What what was coming to me. So um I but I knew it was prophecy, but I didn't never think I was a prophet. Um until my pastor told me, and I be, I take that back. Yes, I did. The Holy Spirit had told me I was a prophet. I won't get into that, but uh, that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. So I take that back. I did know at a young age, but it never, it never, I never started moving in until I turned seven, sixteen, seventeen years old. But anyway, um, so um, I'm in Missouri now, actually, Sykes in Missouri, and um. 
there we were at a distant we were at a cousins of a cousin church. So we all, you know, were relatives and we all were familiar kind of familiar with each other. Um so excuse me. And so um God began God really began to use me in ministry. I began to teach um Sunday school, intermediate Sunday school, young, teaching the young people Sunday school. Um but I still had my issues. Mm. And I still had different struggles that I was battling with internally. And I didn't understand this 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 was a phenomenon to me. How God could use me and I still struggle with I'm talking about man, I struggle with some things that you wouldn't think mm. that the things that people don't talk about. Yeah. Not just pedophilia, but things people don't talk about. I struggle with pornography, things that Things that really people and it goes deeper than that. It's like some things I can't even talk about right now. Yeah. Um. But it was it was real deep at one time, and I had to, uh, you know, my pastors they they did what they were taught to do. You know, cast the devil out, and go on about your business. Mm. <laughs> so if there really wasn't a process mm -hmm. they took you through, um and in in the black community, that far as I'm familiar with, yeah. there wasn't a there wasn't a uh, a counseling session. It wasn't a an in depth counseling session anyway. And I think you know people. Some people say, "Well, you can't counsel the devil out and all that." But yeah, but you can heal old wounds. Yeah. And I think um, if we really begin to realize the trauma that sin does to us, then we can really begin to. Uh, Mends those broken bridges, those bridges in the soul that that really um, leads to a better life um, or a highway, if you will. Uh, you know, you can liken the soul into a highway that um, that that needs repairing. And um, the Bible talks about, um, I believe it's in Psalms, um, what the Scripture says. Uh, what does it say? Talk about the gates of the soul. Who was the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Um, that that's what the scripture talks about the gates of the the gates of in the body. But we know now that the excuse me the, the gates of the temple. But we know now that that the body is the is the temple of the soul, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, um. I think if we really begin to begin 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 to repair that the part of the inner man, when it's something God's been doing me about repairing the uh, rebuilding the inner man, the soul, the soul realm, um, because it's damaged due yeah. to um, iniquity, due to sin, especially repetitive sin, generational sins, iniquity, um, and people sinning against us. Yeah. And then just everyday occurrences, things that we go through that that are natural in life, trauma. Those those things can can play a part, in in really wounding us. Um, Katie Susan talks about that a lot. Um, she she's in evangelist. She talks about that. She deals with that a lot. And so, God has really begun to bring some healing to my life. But I, this is this is the main thing I want to talk about, Pastor Train. If we can discuss this for a second, yes, yeah. pedophilia. Yeah. Um. I think it's a subject that, 
Glory to God. People really don't talk about. Um, it's, a, it's a subject that the church and the world has shunned. Mm -hmm. And I think the church, I'm going to say I think, the church can do a better job at meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and help them dealing with the issues. It is the one place that's a hospital that don't that don't help cure you like they should. Yeah. And so, um, and this is a good place, I think. We're going to put a plug in for a friend of mine, uh, Daniel Glasgow, who runs Restored Warriors. Amen. Uh, you know, you had him speak at the church. Amen. We had him speak at a church last July, uh, mm -hmm. summer, July 2022, uh, depending on when you're watching this. Um, it's called RestoreWarriors.org, I believe it's the website. I believe it's .org. I'll have the right website on your screen right now you can look at. If you know someone, and we're, I'm glad he's talking about it because the church doesn't talk about it. So if you know someone that may be struggling with pedophilia or pornography or anything along those lines, because it can destroy marriages, can destroy lives, it can put a damper on you completely. And because the church has ignored it, Daniel Glasgow, friend of mine, started an organization called Restored Warriors where they help men, and now women are, I think, wives of the men, deal with that issue. And it's completely online. It's completely confidential. Um, and I believe some of the rules, and you'll have to just check out the website. They'll give you, you can find more information. Go to RestoredWarriors.org. But they give you an opportunity to talk about it. Because, you know, the men on there, women, whoever it is, they've dealt with it. And so talking with somebody about it is always a good opportunity for restoration Amen. of that soul because it will break things. And that's what the devil wants, honestly. So uh, the church has ignored it long enough. So that's, once again, RestoredWarriors.org if you know someone struggling with this topic. So, and I'm glad it's on here because we never know what we're going to get on Unified. People share their testimonies. We've had all kinds of things on here. So I encourage you, if you haven't, go ahead and check out some of the other episodes. I mean, we've had people struggle with other things. But uh, go ahead, Devin. But I just thought that was a good point to let you know if you know someone and you're looking for help and you want that help, RestoredWarriors.org can help you. There's a number there you can call. Just go to that website. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a silent struggle for a long time. Um, my mom, my relatives didn't find out about it till I was about the age of, about the age of 17, 18 years old. Um, I had molested a distant friend of ours. Um daughter and son and when they found out about it the ch the children went and told their grandmother so when they found out about her my her and my mother were very close friends they've been close friends for years and um so my mother asked me but I told the truth um but I didn't I still didn't want to face the fact the truth that I was a pedophile. Mm. That was very hard for me to admit. I could accept I could accept that I wrestled with homosexuality. But to accept that I wrestled with pedophilia, good God. Mm. Because of what I you know, we were taught in church that, you know, of course homosexuality homosexuality is wrong. Things like bestiality are wrong and pedophile are wrong, but they really didn't deal with them. Mm. And so, and there were people 
that I know were, there, there were people I was involved in in church. They had already been messed around with. Mm. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a solid thing going on in the church. And the church has not really dealt with it. Church has not really spoken on it. And then when homosexuality is spoken on, for the most part, is from what I've seen, um, for a lot of it is coming off in a condemning way. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to condemn people that are already condemned by the enemy. Yeah. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world that he gave up the only thing that was most dear to him was his son. He gave himself up. That's just how much he loved us. Amen. So we can show the same. We are required to show the same love Amen. to the world. Amen. Amen. That's the, right. the same love. If we're willing, if if we're willing to give up our time, give up our soul for not just the body, but give it up for the world. To to reach those who are in the world. Yeah. And we haven't, we're not really, the church in America is not really um, to that point yet. Mm -hmm. That we're really willing to really cast in all that we have to, in order to reach the world. And the church as a whole. There are some individuals that are, that are giving up their souls and giving up their time and giving up their finances. Um, but giving up their lives. For for to to reach those who are in the world who are lost, but um, for the the church as a whole has not speaking from a, from a prophetic point of view, the church has really not um gotten to the point to where she's comfortable. She's beginning to wake up, mm -hmm. but but she's comfortable. Yeah. Um and so on. We're gonna come out of that comfortable stage though. Um even if even if it comes down to us being persecuted. Persecution brings restoration. Mm, it restores the church because it strengthens the body. In his, in my weakness, you are strong. Mm. Christ is strong in our weakness. So um, persecution really stands to um, strengthen the body in so many different areas. But back to the subject at hand, um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I... Um, Really struggled a lot with pedophilia for a long time. Um, and it got to the point to let me back up. I was when I first got into church, and we were trying to live right there, 17 to 18 years old at this new church. I had other ministers that were downing me mm. and really coming against God using me. Um, and I didn't understand it. Yeah. I didn't understand the persecution. Um and it got to and I think it wounded me to the point to where I really began to want to fit in, really when to going to be loved. All my life that's what I wanted. I really wanted real love. Yeah. So so when I so when I met somebody new, I always sought their friendship. Um but these people they they didn't know how to be your friend. They they didn't know how to be friends because they hadn't really received the total love of God. And they had different struggles in their life. Um, but um, that, that damaged me a lot because it really hindered my walk. I allowed it to really hinder my walk with God. 
Um, I didn't understand what God was doing in my life. Um, I was, they didn't know what I was, some people didn't know what I was doing, but the people that were in my life didn't have the discernment to recognize what was going on. Yeah. Um, they knew I struggled with homosexuality. They knew the pedophile was an issue, but they didn't know to what extent. And they really, you know, so stop being so hard on yourself and God got you and keep praying and keep fasting and, and all those, those things help, but you're going to have to be, you're going to have to dig some things out of your soul. Mm. Now, you're going to have to get a shovel and a, and, a, and a garden tool to really plant and refertilize that, that ground and really plant, replant some things into your soul that are good. Dig those old things up, those things that are bad, and throw those rocks, mm. those weeds. You got to get rid of that stuff in order to... Um, in order to really uh, be able to plant um, good good things into your mind, into your will, into your emotions, into your life, and so um, I really didn't, I really didn't have the teaching that I needed. You know, there was a lot of emotional things and um, charismatic things going on. Now, I say those things are bad because I'm still of the charismatic faith, but. I think sometimes we, I think sometimes the charismatic church has been overboard and they've gotten to sensationalism, if that's the right mm -hmm. word I can use, mm -hmm. um, to where we uh, we seek attention mm. and to show how spiritual some of us sometimes it was to show how spiritual we were, yeah, if the, how emotional I can get out. How fluently I can speak in some type of tongue, mm -hmm. and it's nowhere near um, speaking to. I was. I ain't gonna say that. Um, I was watching something. Yes, I am. I was watching something the other day, and this preacher was um was on this certain um, broadcast. He was he was on, he was on this certain channel, certain web page, certain website. And he was talking. He was talking in his church. He was. He was um, really being emotional about something. And a cuss word slipped out of his mouth. Mm. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "That's how you know when somebody is in their flesh. Mm. Because if what you are saying is bringing life, then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak." Yeah. So if you are speaking life, then life is going to come out of your intent is to speak life. If you're coming from a place from a place of love, yeah, then then love is going to come out. So I just figured I'd throw that in there for for those for those who may be um concerned about worried about um is 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 it are am I being led by the right type of spirit where I'm at if I'm in this church or if I'm um, if I'm acquainted with the ministry or whatnot, um, am I being led by the right thing? But I had a lot of um, so I I, I knew I knew that uh, what I was doing was wrong, but I I I felt like I couldn't control it. Mm. The temptation, and it was just young. I was young, um, you know, hormones raising. But aside from that, I was so damaged emotionally and mentally. Yeah. To the degree that, and I, it had been going on for so long. I think um, 
I don't remember when my when people when I was first molested, um, but I do know it went on for about five to eight years. Mm. Um. So, but um, I want to hit on that point you just hit for a second. I'm gonna let you remember where you're at. But uh, you're talking about uh, what comes out of us. Yeah. And we've hit on this a lot at the church yeah. in recent weeks. And so, um, I, so I know the Spirit is leading in this. And it's not just me. Pastor yeah. Brett's done it. It's been a lot of uh, that coming forward. So people need to understand out there. The Bible says God is, and I've done this, I've emphasized it several times at Next Level Freedom Church, God is love. Amen. It doesn't say he gives off love. He's partially right. love. Right. He is love. So if anything you're doing in your life is not putting off love, it is not putting off God. Mm, so you need to good. understand that as a believer. And I think Amen. too many people have gotten caught up in the world system yeah. and forgotten that, no, the Bible says God is love. So if it's violence, it's not God. God acts in love. Yeah, some people will go, oh, well, what about the Old Testament when Israel is fighting right, for land? Right. Well, that was because God is love. He had already given that land to Israel. That was their land. Enemies came in to take the land, so God had them get the enemies out. That was love because God wanted to set his people aside so that they weren't cluttered by the mess of the world. And it still works the same way if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Only we're not fighting off countries and the Am Amorites and the right. Hittites and all those different ites, right? right? We're not fighting off all that stuff. But we are still fighting worldly battles. And God wants a people that is set apart. Amen. And that's what the Bible tells us. Set apart. A generation that set is apart. set apart Holy. from all of that. Amen. So I hope you understand out there as you're listening to us. God is love, and that's what he's getting at. If anything you're doing is not putting off love, it's not God. Amen. So because God is love, and it says God is light. So if the world Amen. around you is darkness, guess what? If you're operating in light, then darkness flees. Amen. It doesn't consume you. Amen. And if you're a child of God, I'm, I'm not talking about those of you that aren't born again. you got to be in a mess if you're not born again. you got to be Amen. saved to get there. But when you're born again and you're saved, you need to recognize that you are a light Amen. in this world. Darkness has no place on you and Amen. you can cast it out. James tells us, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Amen. Doesn't say he might. He will. But you got to be resistant. You can't be welcoming him with open arms. Amen. Oh, a little bit of the, we're talking about pedophilia or homosexuality or yeah. drugs or alcohol yeah. or yeah. just sex in general. When yeah. people are doing, committing fornication, it's Amen. all over the place right now. You, you can't just say, oh, well, come on in, devil, and then expect that your life is all good. That just, yeah. That's not how it works. You have to separate yourself. So, it, you know, you were bought at a price. It's free for you. But that's only because Jesus paid the price Amen. with his life. Came, lived Amen. the perfect life, died on the cross so that you could be saved. So understand that you are bought at a price and God loves you and he wants you to reach. We talked about this on the way here. He wants you to reach your full potential. Amen. But too many people give up mm. before they reach that potential. And it's really because they let that darkness 
Just keep creeping on in. So stand as a light. Stand in love. Show love to your community. If you've never received Christ, you simply have to ask Him in. There's no particular words you have to use. I mean, we go through a prayer every Sunday and on Wednesdays when Brett does it. But really, it's all about asking Him into your heart. Receiving Amen. Him. Receiving Amen. His forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness. And then once you do that, there should be a change in your life. Amen. You shouldn't still be dabbling here. Because here's the deal. If you struggled with it, no matter if it's pedophilia, no matter homosexuality, any of the stuff we talked about, fornication, alcohol, drugs, abuse, whatever it is, if you struggled with it, that doesn't mean you can expect yourself to dabble back in it and just miraculously all the time just be delivered from it. Right. No, God wants you to cut that stuff off and get it out of your life Amen. so that he can use you to do so much more. Wow, I felt the spirit on that one. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Devin. And, and that's, 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 that's a powerful thing because I didn't know how to do that. Mm. You know, I was told to fast, pray, and, and God will take your issues away. And, you know, I, you know, like, and because I was fasting and praying that God would do everything else. And that wasn't the case. Yeah, that wasn't the case any. It wasn't the case at all, and I'll get into that in a few seconds. But what I was between five and five, and, I, it went on for about five to eight years. So I had really, um, my earliest. It's like I just woke up and I was being molested. I can I cannot remember a time where my life, my life didn't revolve around church and sex. Mm. I I cannot remember a time to where. I wasn't introduced to sex. Mm. Um, I, I was, um, yes, I was attracted to females, you know what I mean? But um, as I grew older, I became more attracted to men because I felt like they were easier, easier to, from my experience, they were easier to come across. Mm. Um, and you know, the devil set you up. Yeah, the devil sets it up real good. So don't think that it's providence or it's fate. It's the enemy yep. setting you up. Yeah, and um, to, to to get you to get a stronghold over your life. And God, so, that's it's another important point. God will never go against His own words. Yeah. So if He yep. said it's wrong, guess what? Just because right. to you the emotions and the feelings say this right. is right, and I've even heard the excuse, "Well, I've prayed that God take it, and He hasn't." Yeah, so it must well, be. Well, that's because yeah. you, you ain't that's putting forth any effort to get rid of it. That's good. I mean, that's not God. That's what he just said. Yeah. The devil's good. He's good at yeah. setting you up. So that's why the Bible tells us to test the spirits. You got to know what spirit you're listening to. Yep. Is it God or is it the devil, the world? Is it your own internal flesh? Yeah. Because it's yeah. not always, we always want to point on the devil. All he can do is tempt you. You yeah. got to make the choice. Yeah. Are you going to follow through with it? And once you do it, then he can consume you some more. But you got to give him opportunity to do Amen. that. And I don't think a lot of people will understand that. A lot of yeah. Christians don't want to receive that. That yeah. the responsibility is on you. That's it. Regardless of what anything else happens. God wants to see you delivered. Yeah. And the Bible, the verse that's most famous, it says it right there. Matter of fact, I always say it sums up the whole Bible in one verse. For God so loved the world Amen. that he gave Amen. his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, yes, but that sir. the world through him shall be saved. Yes, sir. It even, yeah. it even goes, oh, well, I'm not going to go on any further. But you need to understand yeah. something. God yeah. wants you delivered. It's your Lord choice. It is your choice. Are you going to receive that deliverance? 
or you're just going to keep doing whatever it is you're doing. That's it. And if God will let you, you yeah. got free will, he'll let you keep doing what you want to keep doing, good. what you think is God or what you think is all these things that can take you somewhere. But I'm telling you, the Bible says that sin leads to death. Amen. Check it. For the wages of sin is death. Yes, sir. But it also says, for all have sinned Amen. and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. So you can't sit there and tell me or any of us that you're without sin. Well, I'm not right. that bad. Right. No, I'm a sinner. Devin's a sinner. We're all sinners. The wages of sin is death, Amen. but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. Amen. The only way you can receive a gift is to take it. That's it. Receive Ask for it. it. Amen. God says, here it is. Do you want it? Yep. You take it? Or do you say, I'll take a little bit, God. Right. Bit. I want to dab a little oh, bit. Oh, that's good. God, that's good. God, stay, that's out good. Of, stay out of this part of my life. But <laughs> right. I'll take it, which is exactly where you get into playing church. Yep. Because you, you play in church. You come to church. Well, you can have this side, God. Yeah. Now, God wants the whole thing. That's it. He don't want you to say, here's a little bit. I want this. Just enough to get me to heaven. I got my fire insurance, right? You may not have Amen. your fire insurance if you're thinking like that. Right. Just throw that out there. Right. So uh, God wants your whole thing. He wants Amen. your whole life because he can make it better. The problem is sin looks good for a time. That's it. And it can be fun for a time. Amen. But it ends in death. Amen. Man doesn't see the future of that. That's the problem. Everybody's looking at the here and now and not where they could go. Amen. So... Uh, just start, man, I'm preaching. I got to stop. Go ahead, Devin. Go back to your testimony, Devin. So but, where you left off. But, oh, let me say this. Not only does it bring a spiritual and a physical death, but it can bring death to your relationships, mm. death to your finances, death to your death to your death to your parenthood, death in, in every area of your life. Mm. And I don't think we realize that. That's good. And that's something God showed me years ago. He said, he showed me that everything, every relationship that I had was ruined because of that. Yeah. And that that's just how much of a stronghold sexual morality played in my life because, like I said, every every relationship that I had that was ruined, it was ruined because of sexual morality. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but um, I ended up going to prison at the age of 24. Let me, let me back up. Um, so I began to eventually, due, due to being talked about and criticized and, you know, um, belittled and you need to sit down and you doing too much and you too saved, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's the, 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 the typical sayings of someone, of people who are not where they needed to be. And in truth, can I say that? I feel like they felt intimidated. Mm, that's true. By by where I, by, by where I, by where God was taking me, because He was raising me up so quick, mm. and so the enemy sought to use them to destroy the the hunger mm -hmm. and the zeal I had for God. Yeah. Um. My pastor talked about that years ago. I mean, when you welcome someone in, and it's funny how Christians do this, and they do. I mean, you're sitting out there and you're a leader. You've probably done it, just throwing this out there. The, someone comes in, maybe you got them to come to church, finally, <coughs> finally give their life to God. Well, now their calling's approaching or, uh, upon them, and it's approaching time to release them. And now maybe they've gone above where you can go mm -hmm. with them. So, But you don't want it to feel like they outgrow you. So <coughs> you, you, you think... You, 
you try to keep them down here. Yeah. That's bondage. Amen. I mean, I'm expecting people coming through this house because <coughs> the next generation needs it. Amen. Are going to go way beyond where I'm going. And Amen. then there comes a point when, I mean, that's, I don't even remember how he said it, but Master Yoda in one of the Star Wars episodes, there's some wisdom in what he said to yeah. Luke. They were sitting there, and um, it's the burden <coughs> of the master or something he was talking. I don't remember the exact words, but he saw the apprentice always outgrows the master. Yep. But, and that's the burden of the master. But you can't hold them back yeah. because they're going beyond where you yeah. went. So that's just something to understand, too. Yeah. Let me make something clear. My pastor was not holding me back. There were other ministers that were that, that were involved, other other elders of the church, other ministers of the church, that that were really trying. And they were younger. They were younger ministers that were really trying to. Uh, the enemy was really trying to use to sabotage what God was placing on the inside of me. But um, so I really I I pulled back a lot, mm. and um. I remember, I remember right before I did, um, I kept asking God, God, how do I just take this away from me? Take these desires away from me? How do I, how do I, how, how do I get rid of this? And the Holy Spirit just showed me, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm, yeah. So I didn't I quite understand what that meant. Yeah. And so I did what Paul talked about, taking advantage of God's grace. Um, shall we continue with sin that grace may abound? Mm. And so, um, I began to just, I had, I was in church, but I had strayed away. Mm -hmm. I was really in a backslidden state. And, um, but God would continue to use me sporadically in the prophetic. Gifts and callings are without repentance. Yeah. Let me make something real clear. Just because somebody is being used by God does not mean they are in right standing um, in their soul with God. Mm. In their mind with God. Don't mean, don't mean that they're yielding their mind and their heart to God because I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so, and Ivory hit on that a lot back in August. She talked about that, which opened a whole new light. I'd never heard it put that way. And then, you know, I started thinking about it. She's right. Yeah. You know, gifts are given without repentance. Yeah. So God gives you the gift. What yes, you sir. do with it, you can abuse it. You yes, can sir. do whatever, but you still got the gift. Yes, sir. So, but that doesn't mean you're saved either. Yeah. You just got the gift. Yeah. So uh, that's why we need that. It's a heart issue. Yes, sir. We figure out what our heart, and when we say heart, we're talking about our soul, our, our, yes, our will inside of us. It's yes, going to be a heart issue that changes. Yes, um, you can't just be good in front of people and exercising your gifts that God has given you in front of people and then at home live like hell and expect yeah. that you're going to heaven because you're yeah. not. Yeah. You've got to wake up. Now, there's a possibility you're just backslidden and you are saved. Yes, mm -hmm. that's possible. But it doesn't, like he just said, it doesn't mean you're in right standing. Yeah. So that's where we've got to constantly, every day, you know, repent of things we're doing. Yep. You know, bear our cross every yes, day. Um, and, you know, go ahead. I'm, I better stop. <laughs> go ahead. I better um, stop. <laughs> so, um, it, I got comfortable in doing it. I remember right before I went to prison, I told God, um, this is right after I had, and I'm going to be very transparent, I had just got through molesting some children. And I told God, I said, I had, though I was doing it and a part of me didn't care, there was a part of me that did care. Mm. 
there was a part of me that that was sorrowful. And I remember telling the children, um, I'm going to stop doing that. Mm. So I wanted to stop. Mm. But when the temptation came, I would yield. Mm. I felt like I couldn't or didn't want to do the necessary steps, take the necessary steps in order to control myself. Yeah. Um, and, and really didn't have a clue like I have now on how to go about um, avoiding those pitfalls, avoiding those, um, avoiding uh, more temptation. The Bible talks about how he would not put more on you than he can bear. Sometimes we put more on ourselves than we can bear just, just by going to different places that we shouldn't go. Or hang out with people we shouldn't hang out with. Yeah. What what one person may be able to do, you may not be able to do because 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 of your because of your mentality or because of where you've been in your past. So you so you really have to work out your own soul salvation. Yeah. With yeah. fear and trembling, and so um, I I didn't know how to do that. Um, didn't didn't a part of me didn't want to pay the cost of doing that. Um, and so um. It led me to prison. Right before I went to prison, I prayed to God because um, some people that came to me and told me, um, some few people that came to me and prophesied to me said uh, they were, the Holy Spirit showed them pedophilia and if I kept doing it, I was going to end up in prison. Mm. And so God will always give you warnings, especially those those that are believers. He will mm. always give you warnings. And we've given those here. Yeah. For people. I won't yes, go sir. into the details, but we've given yes, sir. I mean, we get people coming in off the street. We get people that come in with different issues and we will let them know because the spirit comes over us and we're just yeah. like, if you continue this way, it's gonna end two ways. Prison or death. But yeah. it always is gonna end at death. Yeah. So you might go yeah. to prison for a while, but if you're gonna continue, then eventually you're gonna die yeah. from doing it. And that's what the devil wants. He wants to kill yeah. you. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, destroy. Yes, and he will. He'll take everything from you that you'll give him a handle to. Amen. The problem is, okay, if you're not saved, then he can take what he wants from you. But if you are born again, he can only take what you let him take. That's it. So you got to understand that. You have an authority in Christ. You need to, you need to walk in that authority. Amen. Amen. And I didn't know how I didn't know how to walk in that authority because I hadn't been taught how to walk. I hadn't preached to, you know, um, Gloss over the word of God, but as far as getting that in-depth teaching, mm. I hadn't gotten that. Yeah, I had never gotten that. Yeah, you know, I knew scripture and you know could, could, could quote some scriptures, but I I didn't know how to apply the engraft the word of God into my life, and so as a result, I ended up going to prison for pedophilia. I was I was twenty three years old when I got. I was 23 years old when I got charged. I was 24 years old when I got sent to um, uh, what they call the Diagnostic Center of in Bonterre, Missouri. So um, I um, began to live a homosexual lifestyle. I figured if, if I live a homosexual lifestyle, then that'll satisfy my desire for sex. Mm. And I wouldn't molest children anymore. Mm. So it went from one sin to another. One sin to That's another. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, and eventually that led to transgenderism. Mm. Me just me just denying that I was a man and all I'm a I'm a woman now. And sometimes uh, sometimes people go through a process of deception. You know, you a process of deception to the degree that sometimes they may start in this and end up in this. Or you, 
in in up and seen another area. Mm. I know you've seen probably seen people in your may you may have relatives that have started off with um just just doing um soft drugs, started off smoking and then started off doing pot or weed or whatever you want to call it. And that's you know they're doing hard drugs such as cocaine and mm. um um what's the thing they got? Heroin heroin they got heroin out the guy now and fentanyl and acid, all these different things into the hard drugs, but it started off and smoking a cigarette when they was a little kids, thinking it was cool. Mm. And it led to other drugs. So that's that's how my life played out. It started off with um, me just uh, going and kissing girls and then going into doing it, doing, uh, playing house with kids. Mm. Uh, so I don't, know, I don't know if you know how, how to, that, I don't know if you're familiar with that game as a kid. But we played house and my, uh, the girl was the mom and the and the boy was the dad that we were gonna play or we were gonna play little games. Mm. Um hide and seek little games to where you catch a girl, you get a girl, you know. Mm-hmm. All these different things, perverted things that really played a part in my life that really led to me going to prison. Really led put put me on a uh, a downward spiral. A downward spiral that really led me to prison. And um um, it led, and I went to from homosexuality, as I said, to transgenderism, and um, while I was in prison, um, I really became overtly feminine. I mean, I, I it had really um, for those who knew me before I went to prison, for them, for them to have seen me, they wouldn't knew who I was. I was mm. a totally different person. Mm. I mean, I was wearing women's clothes, trying to. Find makeup, the stuff to put on, and doing my hair like a woman when I had hair. <laughs> you know, um, but I was um I was really in a place where I was lost, and I remember remember the day I decided to, there were multiple attempts to to really to really um walk in my deliverance while I was in prison, but I remember the last day I decided to leave homosexuality. And this time for good. I'm going to set you out to transgenderism for good. Um, I was hanging around some friends. And they were all homosexuals and transgenders. And they said, man. And one of them said, man, I'm going to change my life. man. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get in church. And another, the other one said, yeah, I am too. Everybody had everybody had the same thought. Mm. And um, I said, yeah, me too. I didn't go into death, but I knew I was serious. Like mm-hmm. I can't stay in this. Yeah. Um. I knew I couldn't leave prison the way I came in. Um. And so, um. I rededicated my life back to Christ in 2018. Um. There was there was still things that I struggled with. There were still times where I struggled with that homosexuality. It's like I would be put in positions and. It's like the enemy kept setting me up, and I was asking God, why if I have left, why is this thing suddenly chasing me? Why am I suddenly getting put in places where uh, the temptation is overwhelming? Yeah. And he said, Devin, I will never put more on you than you can bear. Mm. And the light bulb popped on. Yeah. That was the first time like this, one of the first times the scripture became alive to me. Yeah. And I understood what he meant. If I'm led by the Spirit, I won't be, it more won't be put on me than I can bear. Yeah. If I, I'm going to say it again. If I am led by the Spirit of God, then more 
on me will not be put on me than I can bear. And so, um, from that day on, I began to try to walk by the Spirit. And I haven't had a homosexual activity since then. Amen. There are still things I struggle with, still things I battle with. But as far as homosexuality and transgenderism, God has totally taken uh, that activity away from my life. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so grateful. Um, I just want to stop there. But you may be struggling. You may be... You may even be living in that. I want you to know God is not upset with you. Mm. He's not angry with you. The Bible says he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God is in love with you, even in the midst of your sin. God does not hate you. Yeah. The I'm going to say this. The reason why God hated sin, he hated the sinner in the Old Testament, is because God is pure love. Anything outside of love is against his nature. Mm -hmm. And because there was no eternal sacrifice at that time, his nature had to bring justice to sin. The only way to bring justice to that sin, to bring justice to, to get rid of anything that was outside of his love, was to kill it. That's plain and simple. So God had to kill those in the Old Testament because he is love. Mm. And anything outside of love was against his nature. But when he, but when he brought his son along, he, we are no longer condemned. In, we are, he's no longer condemning us in this life. Now, he will judge us one day. Yeah. He will judge us one day. Yep. Uh, the, the same and the sinner will be judged one day. But far as right now, God is not... Judging you, he's chastising you. He may be chastising you, as far as the believer is concerned, but he's he's not judging you. Um, that's that's very important for you to know because so many times you may you may have been beaten up by ch by church members, as far as mentally and emotionally and verbally. I just want to give you a chance to let you know that God loves you, and he and he is there for you. All you have to do, since the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. I believe it's in Isaiah where it says, when they seek me, they will find me when they search for me with their whole heart. And so give God your whole heart. And um, your life will never be the same. You'll never be the same. God bless you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Awesome testimony, awesome word. And God spoke today. I mean, I can feel the spirit while we're sitting here. You know? I almost even preached, and that didn't really happen. But, uh, but uh, we thank you so much for joining with us here on Unified. Uh, make sure you check out nextlevelunity.net, which is a website where we're building. It's a network we're going to have. we got churches on there now that you can go check out their stuff. Um, and also nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. If you're one struggling with pedophilia and those type of things, restorewarriors.org. You can check that out. We want to make sure you get the help that you need. Other than that, God bless you guys. Any last words? Go with God and he'll go with you. All right. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. God bless you.